Welcome everyone to the Row by Row Garden Show. Glad to have you this evening. We've got a special guest in the house, Miss Hoss. Hey, how you doing? And Maggie Ruth. Maggie Ruth is in between us here in case you was wondering who Maggie Ruth is. Uh, so who is Maggie Ruth, Sheila? Maggie Ruth came to us a couple of weeks ago. She's a rescue and she's our new uh, garden dog. Well, actually she was a straight showed up. We think somebody yeah, dropped her off, but her. she is being rescued because we rescued her. And she's doing pretty good. She's uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, we're kind of impressed with Maggie. Maggie, look at the camera. Everybody wants to see you. <laughs> Maggie's doing real good. Now she's not a puppy. She's a grown dog. So we've kind of through with the puppy thing. We uh, we don't do good with the puppy thing anymore. So we knew we wanted another grown dog. And we always do the rescues or the strays because that's just who we are. I don't like paying for dogs, and uh, I just like rescues and strays because that's kind of what we are strays so that's kind of what we bring in and maggie is doing well she's a she's a good garden dog she likes to play and dig and she's not too bad about getting into plants i've had to get on to her a couple of times but she uh she's got potential what do you say i think so, think so? all right so let's get into our garden show for this week and first thing i want to talk about is this gigantic fig right here look at there can y'all can y'all see that I'm gonna put it right here. Maybe you can get an idea how big it. Is. Whoa! Get an idea how big it is. And that is was given to you by Mr. Buddy Norman. Yep, Mr. Buddy Norman. Maggie. <laughs> She's smelling something right there. Okay, yeah. pretty Maggie. Anyhow, Mr. Buddy Norman gives it, and Mr. Buddy loves to watch our show, and we're just crazy about Mr. Buddy and Miss Carol, and they gave us this fig tree. And <laughs> this fig tree, boy, look, I knew this was a mistake. <laughs> this just fig tree is a. Um, is, is really prolific and it makes the biggest figs. I don't know what the variety is, but we have decided to call it the Mr. Buddy fig. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's the Mr. Buddy fig right here. And they're pretty doggone good. They, I can't believe how many figs is on that little tree. And uh, that little tree they give us is maybe a year and a half old, something like that. New had it last year. Yeah, yeah, so it's not real. Now this fig here ain't as ripe as it should be. You see there, It'll redden up a little bit on the inside. This is a berry flavored fig. One minute. There you go. They're really good. I, you know, the LSU purple to me probably has a better flavor profile. That's pretty good. This one's good. I'm really excited about this fig here. I can't believe how productive it is. It's just loaded with figs. Just make yourself at home, Ernie, for a girl. <laughs> uh, look what else what we got. Boom. These are black oil sunflowers from Grace Garden. And there's a few um, of my dwarf sunflowers in here. Um, I can't really tell you which is which. But isn't this amazing? At the end of August... We still have sunflowers. Yeah, it's the gift that uh, keeps on giving. We've got a big field of the black oils, and um, man, they're beautiful out there. I think that might be one of my dwarfs. It, it's not a dwarf flower. It's the mm -hmm. size of the stalk, yep. and that too right there. Yep. Maggie Ruth has found her place in the, in the desk I think here. she found the snacks under the desk. <laughs> the snacks. Okay. All right, so let's talk about this week the challenges of fall gardening you know for the last couple of weeks we've really been stressing planting gardens mm -hmm. fall gardens 
But let's take a little bit of the bad with maybe the uh, the good, and let's talk about the challenges of fall garden because okay. there are some challenges with fall garden that you normally don't have in spring garden, and that's what we want to address this evening is those because we want you to be successful, but you you need to understand <laughs> you need to understand right. the challenges you're up against. <laughs> All right, so to start with, let's talk about. That wasn't a good idea you're putting the snacks underneath there, was it? No, it wasn't. Well, okay. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about you no, know, it is it is hot. <laughs> you know, the challenges of fall garden can be significant. We always talk about how great it is to grow a fall garden because we think people should be doing that, utilizing their garden throughout the year. But it does have its set of challenges in there. It does. So we want to talk about that day. The first one is, is it being hot? You know, August is that time of the year. <laughs> August is that time of the year. Enough of that, Maggie. August is that time of the year when it is hot and it is tough to be out there. Mm -hmm. I call it moodiness. You know, it's, it's, it's a little depressing to get out there and get you know, just beat down with the sun. So time management and being able to pace yourself, gardening in August is very important. Yeah, it makes me sad. I mean, you're out there and you're gathering all your harvest and now it's all gone, nothing there, just dead, bare plants. It's yeah, yeah, we're in that transition period. Now, a lot of people are still harvesting and putting up and preserving and canning and they're doing the inside thing or maybe the outside yeah. thing as well if you've got an outside kitchen. Yeah, but for us, it's that transitional period there where there's not a lot going on. We're getting, you know, geared up for it. And we kind of wore down just a little bit. We're ready for a change of seasons. Yeah, I'm ready. So we have that. And now one thing I will tell you that I do that seems to help is time management of getting up early in the morning, working some in the garden, maybe an hour or so, and then late in the afternoon doing some gardening late in the afternoon and kind of leaving the heat of the day out of it. Mm -hmm. Try not to do a whole lot, you know, out there then. That way you don't get so... Yeah. Burn out. Another thing is hurricanes, storms, and unpredictable weather this time mm -hmm. of the year. Now, here in the south where we live, it's very unpredictable. We can have hurricanes, we can have tropical storms that come through, and it can be kind of tough. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do about those kind of things. But you do have those to deal with. Yeah, we just had Fred come through. We just had Fred come through, and he dumped a bunch of rain here. This year, it seems like we've been... Wet weather has been yeah, the really name of wet. this year here. And the only thing you can really do on wet years is maybe do you a little a little bed and plant on a little bed if you know, which is hard to know. If you know you're going to have a wet year, that might help a little bit with uh, some of the crops drowning out. Storms, we can't do a whole lot about that. I mean, you can prepare the best you can, but there's not just a whole lot you can do there. And you've got, you know, dry weather. Most mm -hmm. of the time in August, it gets a little dry for us, especially going into September and October. It's the driest months out of the year. And when we're getting that rain, we're always thinking, you know, do I need to put drip tape down or can I scoop by this year and we're going to get enough rain? Well, the drip tape, always put it down as a good insurance good policy. Insurance. Just and in case. Just in case. If you don't need it, fine. But if you need it, it you, you got it there. And it's a lifesaver in the fall of the year when it is dry and hot. So using those drip tape will help you against, the, you know, the dry weather. Now, one of the things that we do know is can be challenging in the fall is bug pressure. Yeah, we've got some of that going on. We've got some of that going on. So we see 
sometimes, especially in drier years, but I've seen a little bit of this year, I've done a better job controlling white flies. And we're going to put a slide up showing what white flies look like. They don't seem to be as bad this year, but I have had to treat for them about three different times to get them under control. And I think <laughs> I've got them under control at the moment here. Except in my garden. Except in your garden. Yeah, you kind of forgot. Well, I kind of got tied up on my garden. and I didn't, I'm going to do better on that. How about that? Today. Yeah. Or tomorrow. How about in yeah. the morning? Yeah. Today. Yeah. Okay. And i tell you one thing that's really worked good is horticulture oil. Horticulture oil works great on the soft body insects and on those white flies. That's what I've been using. It's really safe, so you can spray it up to harvest time and you spray underneath that leaf and it will kill them. Just spray late in the afternoon and early morning. Stay after your worms. Now, your horticulture oil will not work on your worms, but stay after your worms because worms can be problematic this time of year, too. I'm not talking about your earthworms, I'm talking about your cabbage loopers and your hornworms and things like that. So, you want to stay after them with some spinosad. Bug Buster 2 or BT or a combination of the three. So stay on a strict schedule spraying your bugs. I'm on a seven day schedule with that. Another common thing there is diseases. Mm -hmm. We have more disease problems in the fall because we have more humidity, we have more hot weather, and it just sets yourself up for powder and downy mildew on those cucurbics. Things like your, your cucumbers and your squash are susceptible to getting it. Susceptible. That's close, ain't it? Susceptible. Yeah. Okay. Plant those disease-resistant varieties and then stay after them as well with a fungicide. I mix it in with my insecticide on the seven-day schedule, the garden foss. Make sure you do a good rotation there to stay after those pests that you're going to have, which are going to be increased disease and bug pressure in the fall of the year. Knowing that you got that and starting early. early. You want to keep an eye on that. When you first see that bug pressure, you first see those diseases, jump on it then. Or Don't before wait till you it's see too late. It. Yeah. Proactive is the name yeah. of the game there. Now, another thing in the fall of year is we're working against the frost instead of with the frost. In the spring of the year, we're working with the frost and we kind of get an idea if we know there's one coming we can delay it a week or two to get past that and to get our planting in and we know once we get our planting in that we've passed all the frost and we're clear to go but this time of year it's the other way around we're working towards the frost and we don't know exactly when it's coming we know what our average frost state is but we don't know exactly where it's coming so it can be a little unnerving trying to plant going into that and that's the reason we like to have those cushion days there just to take care of that yeah. in case early frost. And one thing you can do is just get an old bed sheet, an old blanket, even some of the covering crop Yeah, material. things we call season extenders. Yeah, because um, I have to do that sometimes to my flowers. If you know it's coming, just get prepared, go out there toward dark, throw you that bed sheet on there and just protect them that night. Anything to keep the frost off there will help against these these warm season crops. Now your cool season crops, that's going to take some cold weather, they'll take some yeah. cold weather. But these things like tomatoes and peppers and that, if you can, you need to protect them against the frost. Hopefully you'll have your crop harvested before they get here. But it's always frustrating and worse and worrying about that frost coming in. And that's just part of fall garden there. 
Another thing, and this is probably the big one, is weed pressure. Weed pressure is worse in the fall. Mm -hmm. We're fighting summer annuals, summer perennials, and we're also fixing to start planting winter weeds as well. So you can be, you can be challenged. Come on up here. It's okay. You can be challenged with summer weeds and winter weeds at the same time. Now, in the springtime... Good talk. I'll get around there. <laughs> In the springtime, you don't really have a crabgrass problem because your crabgrass hadn't germinated by the time, you know, to about the middle of the May. So you don't really have that issue there. But this time of year, crabgrass is in full force there and you're going to have that problem just as soon as you get your garden planted. So you got to have crabgrass you got worried about, but that you don't have to worry about in the, in the early spring. Just to give you an example, crabgrass has got to have a soil temperature of 55 degrees, a surface soil temperature of 55 degrees, four to five days before it starts germinating. We well, certainly we have that this time of the year. So you got all that to have to deal with. So your weeds are going to be worse. Stay after those. They've cultivated. Keep them come out of what we call the thread stage when they're real small and got that little white tender thread type uh, root system there. Now we have a product called vegetable and ornamental weeder that you can use and we'll put a link up to that here you can use that if you've got a situation where you know weeds is probably going to get ahead of you you can use this in your middles some or some crops you can use it in row you have to be a little bit careful make sure you read that label understand what you can and can't do there but it does give you some relief on those uh middles there as well it's it's the active ingredient is trefland been around a long time and it will help you with those weeds if you know or have a good idea, they're going to get ahead of you. Now, if you're able to control them organically with your wheel hoe and hoe, mechanical means, that is the way to go. You know, I kind of enjoy getting out there and taking care of my weeds. Um, try to do it about every other day, except when I go out of town and somebody doesn't look after them like they should. That's <clears throat> what's going on. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's kind of relaxing. Kind of meditate, look at your garden know what's going on yeah i think what really people get frustrated at is when they get the best yeah, of them. when the, the weeds get the best of them they know they're losing the battle i think that's really when it gets frustrating yeah. another thing this time of year that kind of can help you with challenges and something i've started is when you're out there looking at your garden cleaning it up take some notes get you a journal take some notes go over what worked really well for you what didn't work what kind of bugs you had, what kind of diseases you had. Then and varieties. And varieties. And, yeah. um, maybe some things that you just didn't enjoy, you don't want to plant next year. Um, but it's good to write this stuff down and then research it. And um, during those downtimes, research, find out what to do for these problems, these bugs, these diseases, maybe helps your plants grow more. Yeah. The, one of the big things a journal, and I've, I've got to do a better job with this, is keeping up with my varieties, what I got planted where. The older yeah. I get, my memory's not as good as it used to be. So a journal really helps me keep up what I got planted and when I planted it so that it, I made the best crop. So that's a good one yeah. as well. So we, we kind of covered some of the challenges going into fall garden. And let's look at some, some of the things that really excites us about fall garden. All right. We love to plant onions. Yeah. And we got onion planting time coming up. Elephant garlic. We love elephant garlic. We got shallots as well that's gonna be coming up. And we got some special organic German white garlic Ooh. cloves we're gonna have available this year. And you can grow those here? 
I've not had a lot of luck with it, but the, the guy that grows them way up north had a conversation with him the other day, and he says he has heard success from people down in Florida growing. But it really depends on how hard of a winter you have. Hard garlic lights, cold weather to uh -huh. do, be very productive. So it makes a difference what, how much cold weather you have. But some people have been successful that far. Now, I will be completely honest with you. I have not had a lot of good results planting garlic. So it's a challenging thing for me. But we do have a source, uh, a farmer up there contacted us has got organic German white garlic that we're going to carry. We're going to have a limited supply of that coming up. And we're probably going to start doing some pre-sales at some point. Mm -hmm. um, elephant garlic. Elephant garlic is one of my favorite things to grow. I started it Easy in my uh, raised beds last year for the first time and it was just very gratifying to grow that. Mm -hmm. Easy. If you don't grow anything, you can grow elephant garlic. It stores well. I uh, had an email this morning. We're probably going to get our shallots and our elephant garlic around the end of September. We'll be doing pre-sales on those as well. Not sure we're going to have enough to go around. There's a little bit of, little bit of shortage they tell me on elephant garlic this year. Shallots, I don't think there's a shortage on, but there's, there's a tightening of the market with elephant garlic from the uh, rumors I'm hearing. Strawberries. Oh, strawberries. Yep. So we uh, we launched our strawberries last Thursday. Told you about them, and uh, we had a little snafu with our website. Maybe doing the pre-sales Thursday. So we've got it straightened out now, and we're putting the link below there. We've got organic Chandler strawberries available for pre-sale. Limited supply of them to a limited area. We're only going to be able to sell them to certain states this year. Next year, we hope to be able to open that up to everywhere. This first go around is just going to be for Georgia and the surrounding states. Limited supply, and we're going to have these in somewhere around the middle to the end of October. We're doing pre-sales on that. They're going fast. You better get going away Going fast. Then. There's 50 to a flat. So you can order a flat or you can order two flats. And if you need more of that, you can have to put in more than one order. But these strawberries, you have to order them on a separate order. So the only thing you can put on your strawberry order is strawberries. Mm -hmm. And you can order one flat or two flats. And if you need more than that, then you can go back and place separate orders. And talk about how much this 50 uh, flat will plant. Yeah, so normally you plant them 18 inches apart is the recommended spacing on, on strawberries. So 18 inches apart, those 50 flat will give you enough for 75 foot of row. And that would also be 30, 35 foot of two rows. Mm -hmm. So that's ideal for most people that have a decent sized garden. Now, if that's too much strawberries for you, simply just get with a buddy or a neighbor and split an order or if it's still too much, split an order with two more people. But I can tell you this, if you've got raised beds, mm -hmm. if you've got raised beds that you normally let sit enter throughout the wintertime, I'm gonna tell you two things that you should be growing in those raised beds. One of them is strawberries, and the other one is carrots. Carrots, yes. Yep. So over winter and carrots, we really love that because carrots is a big treat to have late winter, early spring. They do good in very high organic, soft top, soft top, soft type soils. Loose. Loose, high organic soils. Raised beds are wonderful. Yeah. You grew some last I year. I grew some, another first timer for me last year, and they did really well. Um, also, some row by row um, 
contributors have talked about growing them in containers and I actually saw pictures and that did really well. Mm -hmm. I guess it's the organic material, the loose. Yep. Yep. And they don't get, now you need them really wet to get them germinated, but once they get up, mm -hmm. they're not real finicky. They're pretty yeah. easy. Even in the raised beds, I kept them really wet until yep. they came up. I planted them too thick. Um, well, you don't want to plant your carrots. I know you want to plant them thick, but I'm going to do a little bit better job this year. Yep. Another thing we really enjoy is collards, turnips, and mustards. When we get that mm -hmm. cool weather, we have everything planted, and you get that first cold spell. There's nothing no better. Have you a big pot of collards or mustard with that hog jowl in there, <laughs> jowl, or whatever you, fat back, whatever you want in there on those cold days. For some reason, though, those greens are so much better after you get that first frost on them. Yeah, can't wait to walk outside and that cool, crisp Heat air. You. Yep. Hit you in the face. Yep. You know it's time to get some of those greens gathered up. Uh -huh. Yep. All right. So what about the corny joke of the week? Have you got us one? I got the corny joke of the week. Mm -mm. Okay. Since we was talking about garlic. Yeah. Okay. What does the garlic do when it gets really hot in the garden? Uh, I don't know. Bloom, stress out. I don't know. It takes its cloves off. <laughs> <laughs> Cloves off. Cloves. Yeah. Yeah. Folks may not want to use that one at church. Just use that in around the family dinner table, okay? Taste its cloves. That's a good one there. That's a good one, yeah. Speaking of corny jokes, if you want to send in a corny joke to cussserve at hosstools.com and we use it on the air, we might send you a special gift. Yep. Corny joke. Keep them clean. Keep them clean. It is a family show. It is a family show. Yep. So we got something we want to share here is we love to do pickled okra and we did three different types this year. Is that right? That's right. We're going to do a little tasting there. And uh, you people out there that love to grow okra and uh, you're getting too much of it, this is an ideal way to preserve some of it for those winter oh, months. I got a knife. Oh, I got you it. Get it. So I did garlic dill. I did a sweet variety. Um, see the deal in that one. I got Maggie all over my hands. I'm going to have to use a tweezer. I got a Clorox wipe over here I used. And then I got some spicy, but I don't think it's too spicy. Okay. Close which your eyes. Is, oh, I got to close my eyes. Yeah. I think I know which one that one is, but you're going to mix them up, are you? All right. Now, what variety of okra is this? This is one come out of my garden? Uh-huh. Okay. Speaking of okra, you got some good okra coming up in your garden. I the do. jambalaya you planted in my your raised My jambalaya bed. I planted is coming up. We've already had one meal off of it. Um, a viewer put, posted about cooking it in the microwave for 12 minutes. Um, I only do it for about 10 with some spices on it. That is the cat's meow. You know, that okra made the quickest of any I've ever seen. It wasn't in the ground. Of course, we transplanted it, didn't we? Yeah, I did do it in transplant. But it wasn't in there three or four weeks. I need to go back and look. It was quick. Yep. All right, so I'm going to try this one first. You know right, which one this I is? I do. It's good. Not very hot. It's good. What do you taste? Some herbs. I can't really tell you what, I, what herbs I taste. That is a good, safe pickled okra. A good, safe one there. Not too sweet. Not too sweet. Not too spicy. I mean, that's the middle of the road. Let's try this one here. 
way more herbs than that one there. That's got a sweet tangy. Sweet tangy. I got a feeling this one's hot. For some reason or another. Somebody gonna snook a hot one in there. No. <laughs> okay, the first one was dill. Mm -hmm. The second one was the um, spicy, but it's not to say. No, it's not spicy. I did it for you. I couldn't put a whole lot of spices mm -hmm. in there. And then the last one is just the um, sweet. Yeah, the sweet was a little bland. I actually like the spicy the really? best. Yeah, I do. And I'm not a big spice man. Spicy had a lot more character to it. How about that? Okay. Yep. And we'll post those uh, recipes below. And you can also email CussServe and uh, we'll get those out to you. All right. Well, thank you for joining. Maggie says hello. It's nice to meet y'all. Hope y'all get out there and get that fall garden going, get it cranked up, get your plants started, get everything That's planned right. out. And get out there and get dirty. Mm -hmm.